For years, the downtown area of Harrisonburg, Virginia, had an eyesore that its residents had to drive past each and every day. It was a rundown, bright pink pornography shop in disrepair. It was a place of hurt and pain and despair. It was a place of so much darkness. It was a place that once closed down, no one thought anything good could ever come of that building. The residents of Harrisonburg thought this old, worn-down pornography shop would always be just an ugly, worthless building taking up space. But today, that's not the case. Someone saw something in that broken building that no one else saw. Hope and healing. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of stillbeingmolly.com, and this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, companies, and small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I interview an entrepreneur, a CEO, nonprofit director, community leader, or just an amazing person who is trying to make a positive impact not only through their personal life, but also with their professional career. My goal is to show you that no matter what you do for a living, you can make an impact right where you are. My guest this week is Sabrina Dorman Andrew, the founder of New Creation, a Harrisonburg, Virginia-based nonprofit counteracting human trafficking through education, awareness, design, and the hope of Christ. I laughed and I cried in this episode. In fact, the story of New Creation is one of the most most powerful stories of redemption I have ever heard. You guys, I'm not kidding. (laughs) This is a powerful, powerful episode. New Creation also has an incredible online store where you can shop from dozens of brands that are fighting human trafficking. Sabrina gave you guys an exclusive coupon code that is MOLLY, M-O-L-L-Y, for 20% off your purchase now through the end of September. Go to newcreationva.org to shop. Now, on to my conversation with Sabrina. Hey, Sabrina, welcome to the show. Hey, Molly. I'm so, so excited to be here. I am honored to have you on the show. And you are in Harrisonburg, Virginia, where JMU is. Correct. That's right. Go Dukes. That's, yeah. yeah, that's where we are. Yeah, I am still a little bitter. I got waitlisted to JMU. <laughs> 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 so I know that was like 15 years ago, but it's fine. Um, you know, it's it's fine. I didn't want to go there anyway. Right, um, right. <laughs> it sounds like a, that wound's still a little fresh. <laughs> Um, and for the people listening that don't know JMU, it actually was really hard to get into when I was in high school. So I'm not an idiot, I promise. And for me, it was it was my SAT score, which I'm actually not ashamed to say that I'm just not a test taker. So, you know, it's cool. Anyway, people don't really care about what, what schools I didn't, <laughs> did or did not get into. Um, but I'm from Virginia originally, so I always love talking to fellow Virginians, even though I'm in North Carolina now. Yeah, I love Virginia. What part? Where are you from, Molly? I was originally born and raised in Herndon, which is about 15 minutes outside of D.C. Yeah, well, now it's like two hours outside of D.C. because of traffic, but... right. (laughs) But yeah, growing up, I mean, that's, you know, we would go to Arlington and D.C. like, you know, all the time. So, um, but yeah, but I love, I mean, Harrisonburg is just beautiful. That whole part of the state is gorgeous. And um, JMU is a gorgeous campus. And um, downtown Harrisonburg is just, it's so cute. Isn't it so sweet? You have to come because like you need to come now because Harrisonburg, you know, even five, 10 years ago is not is nothing compared to what it is now. It's so cute. So many cool restaurants, so many fun little shops. Um, So, yeah, Harrisonburg. I just love it. I love it here. That is awesome. Well, I am just obviously I am so excited to talk with you. And um, I love, love what you are doing with New Creation. And, um, you know, for my listeners, they know that human trafficking is an issue that is 
very, very, very near and dear and close to my heart and something that I talk about all the time because it's just an issue that is, it keeps me up at night. So um, to hear what you guys are doing is, you know, just gets me so fired up. So without further ado, I want to get into the Sabrina 101. So tell us your story and how New Creation got started. Yeah, so um, the Sabrina 101. So I was born in this sweet little community, kind of nestled between Charlottesville and Harrisonburg and just had a phenomenal family. Um, Grew up a little sheltered, I guess. You know, I just, we live in a really what seems to be safe community. um, And the issue of human trafficking, never would I have thought in my wildest dreams, that would be how I spend my days counteracting that. Um, And so I have have, I'm married and we both, we actually, um, met each other. My husband and I met each other and we both had little girls, two and three year old little girls when we met. And so we, it's just this wonderful story of how God, you know, merges our lives together. And so he and I got married and actually he is how I found out about the issue of trafficking. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, that I don't do not feel is a common thing. So that's interesting. (laughs) Yeah, he so it's funny, we were, you know, we were in our, I guess, late 20s, early 30s, but he loved to go to our college ministry, like we still pretended that we were in college, of course, why wouldn't you? And so he would go to our college ministry night and um, this wonderful woman, Sarita, who is a JMU grad, um, she came and shared her story and it was one of what was supposed to be a couple weeks in Uganda. She actually ended up spending years there because that's where this issue of, you know, modern day slavery of sex trafficking kind of intersected her life there. And so Mm -hmm. she was sharing her story at our church. um, And he just knew my heart for justice and my heart for women really has always been so strong. And my heart for women just so big. And so he came home really excited about what Sarita was talking about. And I like all good wives didn't really listen. I like took the pamphlet and was like, yeah, that's great. I tossed it in a basket and a junk, my junk basket on top of my refrigerator and just kind of went on about my life. Um, but I just see that time as God really was preparing me for what was to come. And I don't even know the, the time that kind of lapsed there before I rediscovered that pamphlet that my husband had so lovingly <laughs> given to me. <laughs> yeah, And I, yeah, it's, something in me. Like I just read, I don't, Molly, I can't even remember what the pamphlet said, but it was something along the lines of, um, you know, that we could be a part of freedom and talking about the issue of trafficking. And so I really had this idea, I think with missions and how to make impact, it was kind of a narrow, um, view. Like you have to, like Sarita, you have to sell all your stuff and go to Africa. And that's how you make impact. And the Lord was really just, I felt like he was calling me to where I was. And so we reached out to Sarita and said, you know, we really want to be a part of what you're doing. What would that look like? You know, we're here in Harrisonburg. What can we do to help? And so that's that's how we got started. And she was so gracious with me and said, you know, what we need really is a U.S. marketplace um, for the jewelry that the girls are making. Yeah. And I'm sure you're very familiar, but the Ugandan beautiful paper beads that these mm-hmm. girls were rolling, you know, some of them take seven days, seven to eight days to to finish. And so she started sending me these beautiful pieces of art and and entrusting us to tell their story and to sell it. 
And um, that's what we did. And, and it was this very simple, what can I do where I am with what I have? Never did I think um, it would transform into what is now both my husband and I's full-time job. Never did I think we would be working, you know, now with almost 40 different organizations that are combating trafficking. And so it's just really, it's really awesome. Just the obedience step of like, Hey, I can't, you know, I don't feel necessarily called to move across the world, but it doesn't mean that it has to stop us from doing something where we are. And so that's kind of how, yeah, that's how new creation started was just a very simple ask. Yeah. And you were actually in the beginning, you were like selling things out of your living room. Oh, Lord. Yes, Molly. I, you know, it was one of those things I actually turned my dining room into a a boutique and I laughed because (laughs) I hate to cook. Like I am not only, I'm just not a good cook. And so it was also kind of a sneaky way to force my husband to take me out to eat. That's (laughs) hilarious. We didn't have a dining room. And um, we were inviting people into our house for them to shop. But what really happened was women were asking me really incredible questions about trafficking that I just didn't know the answers to. And that's really what led us into the journey of what is this issue of trafficking? And yes, what does it look like in Uganda? But what does it look like here in Virginia? What does it look like for mamas here that have children here? And so that's when we really started delving into um, the idea of domestic sex trafficking. And again, I, like most people, didn't even know that was a thing. You know, I really believe that trafficking or that that slavery was abolished, you know, decades and decades ago. And so that idea that it was still here, um, you made a comment in the beginning. You said it's something it just keeps me up at night. And that's what it did. It was like I couldn't not do something because it was so it was such a burden. It was such a thing that I couldn't stop thinking about. And so, yeah. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I think is so incredibly powerful about your story is where your shop is currently. Um, And this is just something that when I learned this about you, I said, wow, like that is something that I mean, who would do that? Um, So uh, the listeners are like now on the edge of their seat. So tell the story behind the shop that you currently, your brick and mortar location that you have in downtown Harrisonburg? So while we were, um, I guess we, New Creation started around, it was like 2012. We became a nonprofit in 2013. We were really, you know, like you said, we were doing this in our house. We were going to vendor events and open air markets and churches, really anywhere that would allow us to come in and sell our items. And at this point, we were probably partnering with maybe five other survivor-made organizations. And it just became really clear to me, A, you don't look super legitimate when you are running something from your home. You know, when we're talking to people, they're like, well, we, w- we want to come shop. Like, where's your shop? And we didn't, we didn't have one. And meanwhile, we were in this um, series at church about the land that God calls you to. And on our way into church, every Sunday we would drive past. It was just this horrendous um, eyesore. I mean, picture a Pepto-Bismol pink and white building just like sitting in the middle of beautiful Harrisonburg. And it was um, the former Pamela Secret. It was a pornography shop for like a decade in our community. And it had been shut down for like two years pending um, some court issues. And so the Lord really just kept 
kind of drawing me in. I'm not saying an audible voice, but like, that's your land. You know, that's, that's it. And I'm thinking, Jesus, call me anywhere, but there, like, I will take any property, but that, that eyesore, that place that really had created a lot of damage and hurt and harm, not just because it's, you know, selling pornography, but just a lot of stuff had happened at that property. And so I kind of shared it with my husband and said, Hey, you know, babe, I think, I think we're supposed to buy this, this porn shop. And he, he like laughed out loud and it really took him some convincing to get him to understand what my heart was for this building. I mean, this building to me, um, kind of was symbolic to who I was like, you know, I've, I've, been broken and, and hurt and have just really been in a place where I felt like I was too far gone and I couldn't be used just like this building. And so to me, I just thought, you know, this is a tangible way that we can send a message of redemption um, to our community and to our world that, you know, these places that are are dark and were meant to harm us and hurt us, that they can be used for glory and light and goodness. And so after getting him on board, I remember sitting down with my pastor and his wife thinking, you know, what are people going to think if I try to buy this? I mean, it's an ex-porn shop. Who does this, right? Like what, what ministry leader would want to do that? Yeah. And I sat down and, you know, shared my heart about this building and what I wanted it to be with my pastor and his wife. And um, he was so, he said, absolutely. Like, I want to go. When, how do we do this? And so he, um, he and I, it was April 10th of 2014, and I will never forget, you know, we're standing at the courthouse. I'd never even been to a property auction, um, and we're just standing there bidding on this former pornography shop, and thankfully, we won, we won the auction and took us oh, 14 extremely long, long months to renovate it. Um, and so, say, yeah, it's, it's probably pretty, it was probably pretty like run down at that point. Yes. Yes. It was completely boarded up and abandoned. And when we bought it, it was, we bought it at auction and it was as is, which meant you had no idea. Like we saw what the outside looked like, but we had no way of going inside. Oh my goodness. Insanity. And so I remember, you know, you, we won the auction. We have to get it appraised for the bank. What was so crazy was the $10,000 that we were, that was the qualified amount that you needed to be able to bid. That was all the money that we had. And so when we went, we get it appraised, you know, we start going through the process and we're told like, you have 30 days to close on this property and you need like $80,000 to close. And I'm like, well, that's going to be a problem because we have like a hundred dollars in our account. And so it was this community amazing movement of people coming together in 30 days. We raised the 80,000, like what? 30 days we raised $80,000 to take over this property. And um, if that's not a God story, I don't know what it is, uh, what is, because like how, who, how on earth do you just raise $80,000? Right. And like, honestly, it was so, it was just this interesting, my brother, you know, my brother and his wife are such cheerleaders of mine, but he also keeps me very humble. And I remember calling him and I was like, you won't believe it. Like we, we've raised the $80,000. And he said, that's amazing. You're not even that good of a fundraiser. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, keep you you humble. It really was a God story of, you know, when he calls us to things, he doesn't abandon us in that. 
incredible. So those after you raise that $80,000 and you take hold of the property, what was it like? I mean, I just genuinely would love to know, what was it like the first day you actually got to see the inside of it? Yeah. What did it look like? What condition was it in? Um, it was the work. I mean, I've never been in a building that was in such disarray. Part of it was it was boarded up and still had pornography in it. You know, when I oh, walked. Oh, I was wondering. I was like, did you yes. w- like walk in there and it's still in a similar condition to what yes. it was would have been then? Yeah. And, and it was, um, you know, for me, I remember kind of walking around, there was a staircase that led upstairs and the whole, like the wall floor to ceiling was wallpapered and, um, pornographic images. And I just wept, you know, and, and honestly, it just felt dark and thick and oppressive in the building. I mean, it just was this very sad, the building was in a sad state, but it just felt like oppression. And there were, of course, animals, you know, of they're inhabiting the building. So there's stuff everywhere. Um, it was just full of, of trash and garbage. We have pictures of some of the chaos um, that was the building. And so I remember I, I came home that night after I saw it in person and just wept. You know, I told my husband, I think I think I made a mistake. Like, what are we doing? We are not, you know, we're not chipping Joanna Gaines. Like, we don't know how to renovate. We don't have any skills in this. Um, and it seems so overwhelming once we realized what, like, serious, serious renovation this building was in need of. I mean, we we literally had to tear out walls. We had to um, redo part of the foundation because it was falling. I mean, this building the very first contractor we talked to, he said, the only way that I'll help is if you tear this building down and we rebuild it. And uh, I said, I will strap my body to this building before I, like, you will not tear this building down. Because like I mentioned before, this, it was so much more than just a piece of property to me. It was so much my story and so much the story of women that I had worked with, you know, women that had come out of trafficking that really felt like they could not be used, really felt like, you know, their days were over because of things that had happened. And I so saw us in this building and so wanted other people to understand how beautiful it is when, um, when we make things new, you know, that's what God does with our lives. And so I, uh, there were times, Molly, I was like, maybe we should just burn this thing to the ground and rebuild. But I think just my heart for um, the women that we were serving, and honestly, my heart, for myself and my community is what kept us like, nope, we're going to, we're going to make this thing beautiful. And it is seriously like, I'm not trying to brag. It is the sweetest, most beautiful place of light now. I mean, you walk in and it just feels so different from that first day that I walked in. And so it's been a, it's incredible to come here every morning. I know you are loving this chat with Sabrina. I wanted to take a moment to thank our sponsor of the show who's able to help make it possible, and that's CauseBox. As you know, CauseBox is one of my favorite ethical subscription boxes, and I have been a subscriber for over two and a half years. How it works is each season, a new box is released filled with everything from accessories and home goods and jewelry to the absolute best in skincare and wellness products that are not only amazing, but they're also doing the most good. The products are not just beautiful, they're also useful. The fall box is coming out soon, and if it's anything like the previous seasonal boxes, 
it's going to be incredible. Like the summer box, I know that fall box is going to sell out fast. So hurry on over to stillbeingmolly.com slash causebox and use the coupon code MOLLY for $15 off and reserve that fall box. Now back to my conversation with Sabrina. So over those 14 months, what are some of the things, I mean, like you kind of described in that first moment walking through it where you're just, there's still pornography in there. There's, I mean, Mm -hmm. the fact that it was wallpapered up the stairs is just unreal to me. Um, What did it look like over those 14 months to watch this building that was once a place of hurt and shame Mm -hmm. and darkness just really I mean the metaphor for what God does in our lives is like is nearly bringing me to tears because it just really just does represent so well like you said what it looks like to be you know to go from this broken dark place of despair to you know just what it looks like when when Jesus really does transform mm-hmm. our lives and so to see what was it like for you over those 14 months because I'm sure even during that time you were unearthing new things yeah. about this building and new things about its past and and to see it become this place of light that it is now what what was that like it was so emotional but I think you know it's a lot like our own lives where there are like these really high moments. I mean, there were these really beautiful, we're weeping, it's joyful, we can see transformation happening. And then there are moments that it was like so hard and felt impossible. And like, we just really wanted to give up. I mean, there were quite a few times where, you know, you kind of, we get over one mountain and we're like, okay, we're so close. We're gonna, it was supposed to be a six to eight week renovation and it was 14 months. So you can imagine like we have that timeline in your head and it takes so much longer than that. But one of the beautiful things we did from the very beginning, once we, once we got all of the pornography out, we, um, we actually, my husband, he's so brilliant. He said, let's do a night of worship. He's a musician. So we, in the parking lot, just um, did praise and prayer, really just praying over the issue, praying over the building, and letting people come inside. And so we had Sharpies everywhere and we let people write whatever they wanted on the walls Mm. and people wrote prayers and scripture and encouragement and drew pictures. And so before we even kicked off renovation, that was such a transformation. Just that first step of like where, where there was one time, um, pornography hanging. Now it's God's word, you know, and it was just this, (laughs) there's still places like on my door frame, when we painted, there's still a place where one of the kids wrote, God is good. And if the sun hits just at the right spot, I can see God is good peeking through the paint on my, my office door jam. And so knowing that, you know, underneath the, the new plaster and the new paint there are you know literal god's word his promises that are so true and so um that was really powerful we had a youth camp renew camp come in and work with us and we we heard so many stories that week of kids that were struggling with the issue of pornography and not just boys you know we think this is an issue that just young men or or men are struggling with but i had one girl who said being there helping with renovation she said, I, I had chains break off of me because I was able, you know, to really come face to face with this issue that I've been struggling. She had silently been struggling with a pornography addiction. And so we, we also, 
through renovation, we saw so much healing with the the volunteers that came in, the crews that came in. Um, our team just felt like, wow, you know, God really knew what he was doing, obviously, calling us to this building. It's so much more than just what, you know, in my mind, I'm like, this will be a great little shop. It has some office spaces. This is perfect. But God always is doing other things in the midst of that. And so, um, it was incredible. And, you know, it is just like in my mind, I thought really, truly Molly, I thought I was going to show up to auction, buy it for like five bucks. Who else wants a porn shop? Right. And we paid an absurd amount of money that we did not, you know, we just didn't have the money for it. I thought the renovation, my husband and I are going to be able to knock this out with some teams, you know, it'll be great, but it won't, it won't take that much. But instead God, has used hundreds of people in our community to get this project done. And it's such a beautiful thing when we allow, sometimes we want to do stuff on our own. I do at least like, I just want to do it on my own, but instead God made it so big and so difficult that I had to ask for help. Like we, we had to have the community come in and around us. And so I just, that, that renovation was, ugh. It was sanctification. It was crazy for for our team to just watch and see what God was doing to transform this building, but really to transform us, um, to transform the people that were working in the building. And it was just beautiful. Now, I don't I don't want to do renovation again. Let yeah. me make that real clear. <laughs> say, oh, my gosh. I'm like, my mascara is running down my face. Um, <laughs> that is just it's incredible. And I just, I love what you, what you said there right at the end where you talked about, you thought you were going to be able to do this one on your own. And yeah. God was like, nope, uh, you're not. And I mean, how many times in our lives do we come across a project or we come across an issue or we come across something in our lives where we think that we can do it on our own. And God says, you absolutely cannot. <laughs> and, um, you have to do it with me and I have to do it with you. Yeah. And um, I have learned that a lot in my, in my walk as a Christian. And I've, um, you know, I've experienced that even more so this year um, with just things my family and I have been walking through is just how so often we try to do things in our own strength and they just can't be done. And but I love how when you when you come out on the other side and, and in, in reality, we never, you know, quote unquote, arrive. <laughs> so you're, you're constantly evolving and co things are constantly changing. But when you get to the other side of a particular season or a particular project or a particular issue that's been really difficult I love those moments when other people, especially people who maybe are not believers or not Christians and, and kind of say like, well, how did you do that? Yeah. Like, how did you do and it? You, 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 there's no other explanation other than God. Like there's just no explanation. And I, I know I've experienced that countless time, um, countless times. And um, to, to hear you share your story of how you've experienced it is just, it's incredible. And so now today, I mean, I know that this summer you guys are celebrating five years or this spring, I guess you guys celebrated five years, which is amazing. And now you work with over 40 different um, groups that are combating human trafficking or, or hiring yeah. men and women and, and people who have overcome. And so I just think that that's what a testimony to what, you know, your your faith and your uh, 
drive and your willingness to not give up <laughs> at any time. Yeah, so. it's been it's been so beautiful. And I think, again, it's just we with new creation, we always wanted it to be we wanted to be creators of space for other people to enter into this issue because trafficking is so huge. I mean, it's daunting. It's paralyzing. It just flat. I mean, it's overwhelming for us to even look at that issue. And so what we, our hope from the very beginning was like, how do we create an atmosphere where people can enter in and do something? And um, the shop has really provided such a beautiful space where people can come and shop with purpose and shop and do good and gift well. And that, is so incredible but you know the the idea of what it took for our shop to even be in existence was just another way that you know we all we all have gifts and talents there's something that we all can do if we're if we just take what it is that God has given us and put it towards something good like what a world we would live in if we did that and yep. I think that was so encouraging for me to see it I've always loved my community I've always known, you know, what an awesome place that it is, but watching what has happened just in the five years of people giving and donating abundantly, you know, shopping like crazy with us um, and just seeing, you know, now we have two brick and mortar shops. We're really trying to focus um, 20, the the latter part of this year and really next year, we want to We've not really ever put a lot of effort to online, but we really want to connect our story to a broader audience because it is this beautiful thing. And why would I just want to keep it here? You know, mm -hmm. I want everybody to be a part of what God's doing at New Creation, and we want to invite more people in. And so I'm so excited to see what what God does next. Yeah. So you guys will be expanding um, the online shop as well? Yeah. That's and, awesome. and that's a that's a very new thing for me. You know, we've focused so much of our effort and time right here in our community. And, um, you know, we we do this. The shop is one piece of what we do, but prevention, education and community awareness has really been huge for us. So really, you know, using our networking channels in Virginia and speaking, you know, we've worked with roughly 4000 students talking about what is domestic sex trafficking look like? You know, how can we help our kids understand it so they can protect themselves? And so we love that we've been able to do that here in the community. But now we're like, okay, so how do we, what's the next step? How can we reach out a little bit farther and connect people um, to the shop and really, really, truly get people to use their voice to raise awareness yeah. in their community yeah. or, you know, do prevention education. And um, so, yeah, the the one on things that's very daunting to me because technology is not my jam, but yeah. we'll, we'll see. <laughs> that's incredible. Well, I know I can't wait to continue to see you grow. And I absolutely need to take a trip up to Harrisonburg to see the shop and, um, I just, like I said, I, I'm, I'm amazed by what you're doing and I just think it's incredible. And I, like I said, I, I cannot wait to see where you are five years from now. So, uh, just well done. Oh, thanks Molly. And I so appreciate you giving space and creating space 
for people to to hear about all these incredible organizations. I love your podcast thank and love you. listening to what other people are doing. Thank and so you. thank you for inviting us into your space and, and helping us connect to uh, some different people. Absolutely. Well, this is the part of the show where we get to transition a little bit and we get to go from not necessarily talking about as heavy topic, as heavy of yeah. a topic, um, which is which I love to talk about, um, but just to get to know you a little bit. And this is also, as my listeners know, the portion of the show where my amazing executive producer of a husband <laughs> inserts his sound effect of choice to transition us to the get to know you round. So, Sabrina, are you ready? I think I'm ready. I can't wait to hear what he inserts. <laughs> I know. It's it's different every week. And some weeks I'm like, really that? Really? <laughs> so <laughs> it's always a surprise. You take it around the corner and you could add a pool one day. You could do all her raised bed gardens. You could lock Chip up in the dirty little storage shed that's in the back and never let him out. So uh, the first question is, if someone were to play you in a movie, who would you want it to be? Oh, my goodness. That's a that's a great question. Um, I think I would want I love Reese Witherspoon. She's just she so is the best. Adorable. Gosh, I yeah. love her. She and is she just... really nails the like Southern accent, which she clearly does. somebody would need to have to Sweet be able home, to play me. Sweet so Home I Alabama. That... I love that movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's who I would love to see play me. I love it. Um, this is a this is what I've never asked before, um, but I th- I was like, this would be a fun question. If you could win an Olympic medal for any sport, real or fake, what would it be? Oh my goodness! So I'm like not I'm not very athletic. Um, um, I think it would have to be some sort of like if speed thrifting were <laughs> sport. <laughs> I would definitely take a gold medal on that. Yeah, so that speed would be thrifting. that would be yes, yeah, speed thrifting. I love it. That's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Um, I think we should make our own Olympics, Molly. We should. We should. We absolutely should. Uh, where is your happy place? Mm, um, my happy place is my house. I, I, we are so blessed. We have the most beautiful, like eighteen nineties Victorian. It looks like a Barbie dream house. It's like tucked back, um, in the, in the setting right off the river. And it just, I mean, I really, honestly, there are days I'm like, how did, how is this my, how is this my house? So I love being at home. I love walking the, the wood floors and just, yeah, being in my house is such a haven for me. I grew up in a really old home too. Like the house I grew up in in Herndon was built in the early, early 1900s. And so I loved, the history of the house I grew up in as well. So I have a very large soft spot for old homes. So when you come to Harrisonburg, you just need to come and stay with me in my very old home and we'll speed thrift. I love (laughs) it. Wonderful. Let's do it. And then my last question, this is a question I love to ask everyone is today, what are you most grateful for? Mm. That that's a really great question. I think what I'm most grateful for right now is joy. And I'm learning that that is very different than what I used to think. I used to think joy and happiness were the same thing. And so for me, I think it's this reality of this joy that I have that can't be taken that no matter where we are in our personal life or within ministry, the circumstances that we face, um, it just can't steal the joy that I have. And so I'm just so grateful for that. I'm so grateful that the Lord has reminded me 
of that, that, that joy is an unshakable thing that mm-hmm. can't be taken, can't be stolen, can't be, can't be snuffed out. Yep. Oh, oh, preach girl, <laughs> preach girl. I am walking through a similar season as well. So I, uh, I very much connect with that. So I love that. Uh, Sabrina, this has been truly um, a pleasure and an honor to have you on the show. So thank you so much for taking um, time out of your day to spend it with me and just share your heart and share your story for new creation. Uh, For the listeners, as always, I will have Sabrina's information in the show notes. And Sabrina, you are you are incredible. Thank you so much. No, you're too kind. Thank you, Molly. I hope you have a lovely rest of your day. How incredible is Sabrina's story? The image of the scripture written on the walls shining through the paint gave me goosebumps. What a powerful testimony. Don't forget to go to newcreationva.org and support them by using the coupon code MOLLY for 20% off and support this incredible ministry. Another huge thank you to this week's podcast sponsor, Causebox. Don't forget to go to stillbeingmolly.com slash Causebox and use the coupon code MOLLY for $15 off. As always, thank you so much for listening week in and week out. If you have not visited the archives for past shows featuring incredible entrepreneurs and business owners who are literally changing the world, make sure you go do that right now. Be sure to head on over to iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Radio Public, wherever you like to listen to podcasts and make sure you're subscribed to the show. Clicking that subscribe button helps to make sure that you never miss a new episode of the podcast. And while you're there, would you mind taking a moment to leave a review of the show? Leaving a review of the show helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is personally impacting you. And if you share the show on social media, be sure to use the hashtag business with purpose podcast or tag me at still being Molly on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. This show is edited by my amazing husband and executive producer, John Stillman, and the music is by Mark Killian of Third Wheel Media. Thank you so much for listening and go do something good with purpose on purpose. <laughs>